sometimes I don't think we understand the love of God and how much He really loves us, how much He cares for us. If we understood that love, I think we would act differently. I'm not being mean when I say that. I just think we haven't took a close enough look at the Word of the Lord. We haven't really stayed on our knees enough and prayed for victory to shine through in our life to really recognize the real, genuine love and power of God. He loves us no matter what we do. He loves us no matter what we say, how we act. He loves us. Satan sometimes perches on our shoulder and says to us, God don't love you because you've sinned. He doesn't love you because you've said you'd do something and you didn't do it. No, no it's not. I just That's not the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord says, I love you and all I'm trying to do every day of your life is pull you up out of your misery. God is not being mean to us. You know, when you go through heartaches and troubles and pains and sorrows, you think you're all alone. You may not be praying to God, you may not be a Christian, but you think you're all alone. You're not, you're not alone. The Lord's there with you. He said, I'm going to be with you right now. Always. Even if it ends there, I'm going to be with you. That's for saint and sinner light. God's going to be with you. But you see, the difference in our eternity is to our acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if we accept Him as Lord and Savior, then we're going to spend eternity with God. And the only way we're going to be separated from Him is when we leave this life, lost and undone without God, to spend eternity in hell. It's a fact. It's the Word of the Lord. But He said, I love you just like you are. You don't have to clean your act up to come to God. God says, come just like you are, and I'll help clean you up. Amen. He said, I'm not trying to get you to be a good person to come to me. I want you to come just as you are so I can come inside you and fill you with my love. And when we begin to understand the love of God, how good it is for us and the feeling and the spiritual insight that comes to us. Peace. The fruit of the Spirit that I'm preaching about. In Galatians 5.22, I've covered love and I've covered joy. We're on peace right now. And peace... It's something that people are looking for, but they got to understand it takes the love of God and the joy of the Lord to help keep that peace maintained in our life. So sad to hear this week. I didn't know my neighbor, Gene, who's in service with us today, came to the house and was telling us about something. We were, we were evidently out of town. I didn't hear anything about one of my neighbors, a 25-year-old young lady who had gone through a divorce put her wedding gown on, went out into the yard and got into her an automobile and took a pistol and put it to her heart and killed herself. One of my neighbors. And I've been disturbed ever since Rosella told me about that yesterday. I didn't know about it. it. happened two weeks ago, I believe it was. I didn't know these people. And I said, Lord, people living right around us. Neighbors. Hurting people all around us who need Jesus Christ. What in the world is the Loganville Church of God doing about it? I can't save anybody. But I'll tell you one thing, I can be an instrument of praise and worship and, and feet with faith built inside it to walk out and say I love you and to, and to reach out and touch somebody. My God, peace. I, I thought to myself, what, what is this, this world coming to? 25 years of age. Life just in its prime beginning. I could see no hope because of a broken marriage. To live in that, in that agony no hope and the only way out is to, to take my life and get out of this misery folks I'm telling you there's more in life than that I don't care what your problems are today my God is a supplier he is a provider of your needs today oh hallelujah 
And all God wants from us today is to surrender our life to Him. To say, Lord, not my will, but Thine. You're in church today. And you need to thank God that you're not oppressed and, and stayed home today. No doubt many of you were tempted to stay home because of the oppressions of this old world. No doubt the problems of life and the difficulties of living may have pressed your mind and said, there's no need in going to church this morning. You're not living right. You can't live right. Man, I want to tell you something. You fought a real fight this morning and you've come to the hiding place. This is a hiding place. Do you hear me? This is a hiding place. This is a sheltering place. This is a refuge place today. And we've assembled ourselves in the house of God to worship and glorify God and ask of Him and receive from our God today in one place, in a sheltering place, a hiding place, a dwelling place of the Lord. That peace of God. That peace of God. I'm going to tell you something. Money can't buy it. You can't work for it and earn it. That peace comes when you accept that Jesus Christ is the answer to all of mankind's needs. He is the answer to an eternal hope. I'm here to tell you today that there is peace in God. And if you don't have that peace in God today, you say, my heart's torn apart, my mind is asunder today. I'm thinking on things that I shouldn't think on. Things are bothering me. Why in the world don't you let the peace of God come inside you? It is available to you today. You say, I've tried. No, you haven't tried. You mean many times we try to let God do a lot of things. God said, why don't you just quit trying and let me do it? If you believe that I am God, let me inside and give you the power that you need in your life. That's what we need to do today. Is quit trying to let God in and just let Him in. Hallelujah. Accept the power and presence of God. He is everything we have need of today. Because He satisfies. He satisfies. My needs supply. Oh yes, my Jesus, Jesus is all. Would you just lift your hand up to the Lord and believe it when you say it? He's all I need. Hallelujah, you're everything we have He's need of today. All I need of today. Jesus Oh, hallelujah. Is all Don't you feel God's presence?
come to the house of the Lord and we go through the, through the practice of church worship. We go through the practice. We, go, we, we know that we're going to have choir singing. We know that we're going to receive tithing offerings. We know the preacher is probably going to preach. And we're going to have an altar service. And we go through a form of church worship. And I'm here to tell you, this old pastor wants a different church worship. I want us, when we come to those doors right there, Brother Swink, I want when those doors are open right there, I want us to come in, Brother Roy, and I want us to say, I've come in to the house of the Lord. I've come into the dwelling place. I've come in to receive from God what I need today. I may be expecting the message from God. We may be expecting to sing and worship, but I'm coming to receive from my God today. And I'm going to put all I've got into Him, and I'm going to get what I need from God before I leave this place today. We need to come expecting the miracles of God. Amen, Brother Dwayne. Not just come to a form of godliness, not just to a form of worship, but to let the power of the Holy Ghost be the source of our income and, 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 and intake and service today. God will meet your needs today if you let Him. But you've got to let Him. You've got to let God. God can't do it. God can't give to you unless you receive from Him. He can't save anybody unless you let Him save you. He can't deliver you unless you want deliverance. He can't pull you out of mud unless you choose to come out of that mud. And God cannot heal you if you don't want Him to heal you today. Oh, He could, I guess, just bring that power down on you. But you know what? God says we have not because we ask not. What you've got need of today, you can get from God. Amen. Amen, brothers and sisters. I'm here to tell you, the Holy Ghost is trying to break Loganville, Georgia, break this United States, break this world we live in up and root us up and say, now come and see me. I'm God. I will deliver you. I'll help you. But we got to let God. Where's your heart today? Where's your attitude in God today? I'm telling you, what's most important is that you see God today. What's important is the Holy Spirit gives you the touch in your life you need today. And I can't do that, but God can. Nobody can do it. The choir can't do it. No leadership can do it. Brother O'Hearn, it takes the Holy Spirit and us allowing that for the peace of God to come inside of us. My need supply. Every need supply. Every need supply. Would you say that? Sing that song? Every need supply. If you want to pray, Right now, you got a need. I want you to let God do it now. Not after I preach. Right now, if you want God to meet a need in your life, these altars are open for you to pray. So you make an altar right where you are. But these altars are open right now for God to meet your need. If you want Him to, He's a God of the present. He's wanting to meet our needs right now. Every need. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Our God is doing the work. The Holy Ghost is doing the work. The Holy Ghost is doing the work in us right now in Jesus' name. God bless His wonderful people. Bless folks, God. His love and His presence just flood my soul. I feel it coming from you too. I feel the presence of God coming from people in our congregation. I feel that joy of the Lord and the acceptance of God in your life. That's important for us to feel that from one another. Amen. It means that we have released our burdens or releasing our burdens under the Lord. When we came to the altars and prayed just now, that's a release of our burdens, putting our cares upon the Lord because we know that God cares about us. It's important when we come to the house of the Lord to love and to be loved. Amen. And let God do what He wants to do in us. I'm just so excited right now. I don't like this time that we've got up there on the clock. 
Now, there ain't nothing that takes place in the Word of the Lord. For the next few minutes, I'm going to break some word to you. I feel like it's going to encourage you and going to help you. You can come to church and you can shout. You can speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost can roll, move on you and you can roll all over the floor. You can do anything in the Spirit that it moves upon you to do. But you see, without an understanding, without a knowledge of who God is, without it being buried down deep in your heart, accepting His Word down deep inside, you'll not make it in the day of trouble. You'll be looking for that experience instead of power. You'll be looking for a time where you felt good when God says, I want you to walk in the valleys of shadows of death and not fear any evil because you'll know that God is with you. Our God is our keeper and He's our stay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you turn to the person beside you and say, I love you with the love of Jesus. Turn your Bibles to Galatians 5.22. Turn it up, please. Set it up for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. My love is sufficient for you. My word teaches you that it is sufficient. I express to you my love and my joy and my peace. My spirit is among you. You are allowing my spirit to touch you, and that's why I can meet needs in your life. If you'll let me today, I'll show you things that you've never seen. I'll let you hear things you've never heard. And I'll be in you, and I will give you power and joy that is unspeakable and full of my glory. And you will enjoy being in the dwelling place of me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad of His peace. So glad of His love today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Peace that nobody can give but you, God. Hallelujah. Peace that only you can give today, Holy Spirit. We praise your name, Lord. We glory in the cross. We thank you for the Holy Ghost that's with us. Thank you for that third person that is real, that is in the midst of us, that we do not shun today, we do not reject today, we do not push aside today and say, I don't want to feel him, but Lord, we're accepting your presence and your touch is beginning to be upon us in a marvelous way, God, and we just open ourselves up to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life today, and in this service, God, we yield it all to you, Lord, because it all belongs to you, Lord. We're only servants today, God, to yield unto you, Lord to open ourselves up and receive from our God that an overflow may come from us, Lord, to a lost and a dying world and also to our own souls every day we live. May that overspill give us joy, Lord, as we receive more of God into our life. May it give us the joy of the Lord because of the overspill that comes through our acceptance of you, Lord. We praise you, God. We love you. What a mighty God we do serve today. Angels do bow before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, and we saints adore you today, Lord. And you said we are saints. Those who are believers, those who are believers of the New Testament church are saints of God. And I praise you, Lord, for saints today who lifts up the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah in the midst of our Lord. Amen. Don't you love Him? Would you just look at the person beside you with a real serious, 
loving, kind look and say, I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me say once again, it's such a delight to have visitors with us in church today. We want you to feel welcome and loved and, and let you know that this is not this is your last day of visitation. We we just claim you as part of us here at the Logan Church of God and we welcome you. Amen. Galatians chapter five. Verse 22, I want you to turn your Bibles, please. I know you can probably quote it by now. I want you to look in your Bibles. You may have a New International Version, so you can say whatever's there because it's just a, a simpler translation. Galatians 5 and 22, I'd like for you to read aloud with me as I begin reading right now in verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Verse 23, meekness, temperance. Now, right there in that particular passage of Scripture, those nine elements or words have been chosen by our Lord is, is the fruit of who God is, is the fruit of His Spirit. In other words, when the Spirit of the Lord is in us, we're going to have these attributes. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have all those attributes. Well, get more of His love boiling in your life. Get more of His uh, Word in your life. I believe that God today is trying to get us to understand that His fruit in us is to be an exciting part of Christian living. We try. To, we think of uh, the fruit of the spirit are uh, the words here that we're that we're covering here. So many people have problem with their tempers. I, you've heard me say so much about my temper, and I'm just got all kinds of flesh, and I have those problems. But you know what? The more of the love of God that gets in us, it helps control those tempers. This is something we have to work at constantly. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I I believe that there's a lot of things that that we try to really be. But you see, here's what we work on. We work on relationship with God, and as we work on relationship with God, these things become enjoyable to us because our spirit submits itself to the authority of the Word of God, all the fruits of the fruit of the Spirit of the Lord God Himself. In other words, when the Lord gets inside of us and really and we are putting Him first, we submit to things we never submitted to before. Our attitudes become different. When we, the more you submit to the Lord, the more these attitudes are going to come forth in our life. Now, you can't the more of God everybody's talked to me about so many habits they have. And they say, well, I've got this, I've got a, I've got a problem with, with drugs, I've got a problem with alcohol, I've got a problem with lust, I've got a problem with tobacco, I've got a, pro- got a problem with lying, I've got a problem with cheating, I've got a problem with, with heresy and gossip, those kind of, have those problems, Pastor, but I don't have a problem with other things, just maybe that one little thing. And they said, pray for me that I get rid of this thing or I'll overcome this thing. I said, well, there's prayers needed that you do overcome these things. But you see, what I want you to understand is, is that you don't never need to try to get rid of a problem. You need, now listen to me close, don't try to get rid of the problem, just let the problem solver get in you. Because you see, the more of the Lord that gets in you in relationship with Him, the more it pushes things out. You can take a glass of water, and you can, or let's just say you can put some oil, 
some olive oil or some any kind of cooking oil and something in a little glass. And that's there. And you say that's your problem. Say that's your habit. Say that's the problem you're having. You're having a difficult time of overcoming. And you can't get it out of the vessel. You can't get it out of the glass. But here comes the Lord and His fresh water and His fresh spirit. And it pours inside. And you say, I want more of you. And He pours it in. And you're allowing Him to fill your cup, fill your glass, so to speak, fill your vessel so far. That water goes underneath that oil. And it begins to push the oil to the surface. And the oil begins to, to get up there and it, it'll push it completely out. The more of the Lord you let in, the more it'll push the infirmities out in your life. When you let God inside you, in other words, that's what the Holy Spirit's all about. That's why a lot of people are not living in the powers of God because they're not living in the fullness of the Spirit. Because the Spirit of the Lord in us drives out things that does not belong. It is a person. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Ghost is a teacher to us. It is a director of our life. You see what happened in Acts chapter 2. We haven't even gotten into that part here. I'm just teaching on the fruits of the Spirit right now. But when we get into that part there about being baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and those kind of things, when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, look what happened to them. They got so full of the Lord, it got rid of their own pride. It got rid of their own way of thinking. They went out and they were drunk with, new, with, with the power of the Holy Ghost. In other words, I know y'all seen a lot of people who got drunk on alcohol and how they walked and how they looked kind of funny. That's about how they looked in the Spirit. They didn't have much control over themselves like alcohol won't let you have much control over yourself and other things. But they got out there and they were in the Spirit of the Lord. But they, they, they might have been, looked like they weren't under control, but the Holy Ghost had everything together. And then they got out and started talking to people and ministering to people in different languages that they didn't even know how to speak, but different origins of tongues and different things, and talking to people, telling them what's going on in their countries, etc. But there was a power, a manifestation of the power. Now also, if you follow up from Acts chapter 2, from the people who were baptized in the Holy Ghost, those folks were different than they were before they received it. The apostles were different after the Holy Ghost came upon them, opposed to their following Jesus Christ before, before that day of Pentecost had come when the Holy Ghost had, had, had come to, to this earth and ascended in there in the upper room and baptized in the Holy Ghost. They became different people. Peter was a guy who was very wishy-washy and, and had uh, different ways of thinking, you know. He, he thought like the Lord thought as long as the Lord was around. And then when the Lord wasn't around, you know, he had a different way of thinking. And when the Lord was persecuted, he kind of stood in the background and didn't want to be persecuted. But when he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, he was boldly, and the very message that he preached, the first message that he preached, 3,000 people were added to the church. And you see, after that, if you follow on, if you'll, if you'll do your little study on, on Peter, you'll find out that when he was killed or murdered, he said, don't hang me the same way that you hung Jesus Christ upon the cross. In other words, humility was a part of his life to the degree that he said, I don't want anybody to put me in the category that I can give my flesh like Jesus Christ did. I want you to hang me upside down. And they did. They hung the man upside down. He said, I'm not worthy to be hung like my Savior was hung. I'm not worthy to be crucified and murdered like my Savior was. Hang me upside down. Let it be a greater sacrifice here because my Lord has paid the price. No one can take His place. You see, when we really get full of God's Spirit, it pushes out things that don't belong. You say, well, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. We all struggle with something. But what I'm trying to share with all of us today, each one of us struggles with something. And that is that we let the Holy Spirit come inside of us that it pushes out those fears, pushes out those dominion things that have come to cripple our lives and to, to push us and oppress us and keep us down. The song says, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Which is to say, you won't leave here like you came if you leave here in Jesus' name. If you leave Him in, here empowered by the name of Jesus 
Jesus Christ. If you leave here with the thoughts and expectations that Jesus Christ is going to be everything in your life and He's going to make you full and the Holy Spirit in you is going to let that cup overrun, then you're going to leave here changed. Your mind's going to be changed. But you see, you still, every day you live, you still must accept the words of God as a direction for your life, as a pathway for you to walk. And if you walk according to the Word of the Lord of God, of the Word of God, the principles and the precepts of the Word of the Lord, if you walk that way, the Bible says, Psalms 119, to hide the words of our eternal God in your heart that you will not choose, not do not want to sin against God, but there'll be praises and thanksgiving in your heart for who God is in your life because you have knowledge and understanding and a direction of God for your life every day you live. That's intimacy with Him and that is peace in the midst of the storms. That's why some people would put a gun to their head. That's why some folks would say there's no use in living anymore and they take their lives because there's no peace. But I'm here to tell you today, there's people with less problems than divorce. There's people with just less problems. I'm talking about just having a hard time with dealing with things on your job. And they begin to oppress you. You know that's your source of income, that you become oppressed the very same way. God's peace in us gives us the power to eliminate these things that are are crippling our minds and these dilemmas that come. We seem to solve them by saying, God is my help and my peace and my refuge, and I look to God for my strength. We talked about the love of God and the joy of God. I talked with you last Sunday about the peace of God. In Isaiah, turn your Bibles quickly to Isaiah. Let me reemphasize. Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 4 and 5, it says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. That chastisement of peace means the punishments of our peace. He took the punishments of our peace. In other words, He paid the price on the cross of Calvary that we may have peace. Amen. You say, well, if, if he hadn't took this on the cross, if he hadn't took this to the power of shedding his blood and, and from him being crucified upon the cross, then we wouldn't have the peace that's available to us now. But because he did die, because he did take it to the cross, we now have that punishment of our peace. It is brought under submission, and now we have the peace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ if we choose to let it be a part of us. Some of us would rather handle our own problems instead of letting the Holy Spirit handle them. Because we've got a way of thinking. That's why the Bible says that when Jesus Christ comes inside, your mind is to change. Hello? Your thinking. Come on, listen to me this morning. Your thinking is to change when Jesus Christ comes into your life. You're no longer the same. You've been bought and paid for with a price. That's why when you get, come to your, to, and bow your knee to the Lord, or you confess your sins to God, and you say, God, forgive my sins. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, He is faithful and just to forgive you those sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But there must be an acceptance to pick up your cross and follow the Lord and say, this is the commandment of God, and this is the way I live from this day forth. And a lot of us just want the forgiveness of sins, want the sin to be relieved, and just let it be gone, and us to feel the peace, the present peace. But that's like taking a Band-Aid where an operation is needed and saying, I'm going to put a Band-Aid over something that needs major surgery. Our hearts need major surgery. It needs the foreskin of our heart 
broken apart. It needs the power of God's love to come in and wash out the old infirmities, to wash out that coldness and that bitterness and that anger and that unforgiveness and that sin that's been hiding in our heart. It needs to wash it away. Then sew it up, praise God, and throw the band-aids away because the healing process of God is going to come from the inside. The outside will have the scar always in our life, but the healing of God heals from the inside first, and that's what we need is an inside healing of the power of God in our life. The world doesn't want it. The world is not looking for God. They're looking for a source of peace, but they're not wanting to let God have control. If you do not let God have control of your life, you're not going to have the peace of God. You see, the control of God is peace for our life. It's difficult for us when we're so used to handling our own problems. We say, I can handle my problem. The peace of God. The Greek word for peace in the Bible's arena is the quietness of heart and mind based on the knowledge that all is well between the believer and his or her heavenly Father. And I want to tell you something. When we have that arena definition in our life, when we say, I know who my God is, you see, I don't live for the Lord by hopes alone. I live for Him with assurance. I have assurance of knowing who He is in my life right now. I have assurance of knowing that He is the God of my life. I can choose to let Him be the God of my life or I can choose to live the way I want to live and make my own decisions. But you see, my leniency is upon the Lord. I lean upon God today for I know that I am not strong without God. At one time I thought I was strong and I could handle anything. I thought I could handle any problem alive. Brother Hill and I were out talking the other day and he said this pupward friend of his, he knew there was a 55-gallon drum of nuts and bolts and I'll tell you one thing. I don't know how heavy that is, but I'll tell you what, it's heavier than any motor I ever picked up. And he said, the guy told him, says, you can have that bucket of bolts if you can pick it up and put it in your truck. And the guy just reached down and got that big old 55-gallon drum of nuts and bolts and put it on his truck. Well, if I had just been kidding, I sure wouldn't have took it back after saying something like that. I said, Brother Hill, I said, I used to pick up a, a V8 Chevrolet engine set it in the back of a truck. No problem. Just pick that thing up and set it in the back of a truck. I said, I can't pick a head up now and set it in the back of a truck hardly. I used to be strong. I used to have a lot of things. I used to think I could handle my problems. I really didn't need God on occasions. The Lord would come to me and say, I want to help you. But I am strong. I can, do my, I can make my own decisions. I can make it happen. And I'll make it happen. But you know there came a time, Brother Gorley, that I said, God, I can't do anything without you. And I thank my God that the power of the Lord moves on me and reminds me that I'm nothing without Him. Brother Warren, I'm glad that when I come out of that office, I say, God, I can't preach this morning. I can't deliver your word this morning unless you deliver it through me. Unless you give me what I've studied. Unless you, God, work through me. I can't go out there, God, because you see, I am only a servant of God today. I am only a creation of God today, Brother Jody, that is a vessel that says, pour into me the Spirit of God and the words of God and the knowledge of God and give me the power, Lord, to be able to speak with your anointing, God, that people may see God as Lord and Savior and King of their life. That's the only reason I'm here today. I'm not strong except through the Lord. You're not strong except through the Lord. You'll not have peace except through God. It only comes through the Lord. He made it available at the cross. Turn with me to Psalms 91 quickly, please. Psalms chapter 91. I won't be able to finish this message tonight until tonight. But I'm going to begin it in the next few minutes. If you just listen just for a few minutes, I won't detain you long. I know we've all got tight schedules today with the funeral. There's nothing more important than the Word. 
I talked to you last week about Jesus gave us our peace from Isaiah chapter 53. Psalms 91, I want to begin to talk to you about Psalms 91, about what the Lord is saying to me about Him being our protection. I, I, I know you've heard me say this before, and I just feel the Holy Spirit prompt me to tell you just so you understand where I'm coming from. deal here at the church and a young man had a gun he shot through the door where I was standing downstairs in one of our worship services on Sunday morning a few minutes later this man backed me up the stairwell with a loaded shotgun in my face threatened to, to kill me or anybody else that got in his way of doing anything he wanted to do this morning that morning it saddens my heart because this man was a part of our church at one time and he let God move in him and but when you take on when you take on your own problems and you say I'll handle it you might as well say, I ditch God, devil, come on, you help me. I'll, I'll go your route. That's all that happened. But when I was faced there with a shotgun in my face and a loaded gun, with a hammer cocked, and a man who was demonic. It was demonic, so demonic power. For a moment, I thought I was going to leave this world. For a moment. But the assurance of God came to me. And said, lo, I am with you. That's the words I heard. Lo, I'm with you. The power of that, brother bud, the power of that shot through my veins and no fear was on my life. For a moment, fear trembled my shoes. I felt like my, my ankles were even shaking because of one attempt to shoot at me and miss and now a gun pointed at me backing up a stairway. I said right then, I said, Lord, I am totally in your hands. I just got through preaching a message on the power of the blood. Nothing can touch the power of the blood. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of my own message I preached. He said, nothing can touch it. what belongs to me. I was listening to Pastor Hagee this week, and he said a man walked into his church and fired five or, eight shots at him, five or six shots at him, straight at eight feet away from him, and says no shots hit him, every bullet fired. But one would go to the right, one would go to the left, none would go straight at him because he was protected under the hand of God. You know, when you live in the Lord Jesus Christ, now you listen to me, everybody who says they love God and everybody who says they're protected by God don't necessarily have this particular protection. You see, when you live in the presence of God and you know who you are, you have assurance, and the fears of life have to leave. They can't stay. Fear cannot stay where perfect love of God is. The Bible says in the book of John that perfect love of God casts away fear. It moves fear out of the way. You become one who is bold in the Lord, one who is assured in the Lord that God is with me and God is my rod, He's my staff, and He's my comforter, and He's going to protect me in the midst of every storm I'm in. 
Some storms seem to be more severe. I will admit to you that a gun is more severe than maybe me going out risking my life getting on the road every day. But I'll tell you one thing, it doesn't make any difference what the, the tragedy is, it doesn't make any difference what the dilemma is or what the fact may be of your life every day. If you have assurance, if you have relationship with God and you have the peace of God, when that storm does hit and when that difficulty is shown to you, you will then, by the Spirit of God that lives in you, will give you courage and faith in the midst of that storm and say, I shall not be afraid, for I know that my God is with me no matter what the tragedy, no the magnitude of it may be. That's why little things we're able to overcome, but the large things sometimes seem difficult. And sometimes the large things seem real di uh, difficult to overcome or easy to overcome. And the small things are the very stumbling blocks for our life. Some folks can believe God when they see the greater things. But for the little things, when I pray for people, I believe God's going to heal them. When I pray for myself, sometimes I have a difficult time. Hello? Do you know why? It's because Satan tells us that God will do for others, but he don't want to do for us. And that's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. He said, I love you all the same. Saint and sinner and preacher, prophet. It don't make no difference. I have no difference in my love. God doesn't love me more this morning because I preach his word than he does the very lowest sinner of Loganville, Georgia. He loves us all the same. That's what's so magnificent about the love of God. He said, I love you all the same. I can't give one more love than I do the other." You say, well, now, hey, wait a minute now. If I'm a child of God, God loves me more than a sinner. That's where you need to understand the word of the Lord and get it all on the blood and understand something. God don't love you no more than he loves a sinner. Oh, but we're saints now, bless God. We're living higher above them. No, you ain't. You're just washing the same blood that's covering everybody else. And the same blood that washed you wants to wash the lowest sinner. And you need to understand something. Quit looking down on those who are lost and undone without God and who lives in, in the tragedy of sin and in the hope of hell. But say, praise God, hallelujah, the same God that delivered me and saved me will deliver my family and my friends and the prostitutes and the drunks and the one who is cold-hearted. We need to love God with all of our heart and let that love flow with us to everybody else. If we do not understand the love of God that way, the peace of God cannot be a part of us. In Psalms 91. Oh, I like this passage of Scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Did you hear that Scripture? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're sheltered to the ones who dwell in the presence of the Lord, the word dwell means to make one's home or to live. Did you hear that? To make one's home or a place to live. You've heard of the old dwelling places. I sometimes, I'm a sentimental fella. And I'll go back up to the farm, back up to where we used to live when I was a kid. And I'll go back over and there's a big old 80-acre lake down below. My dad had 40 acres and he sold 40 acres to help build that 80-acre lake. Back when I was old, about 10, 12 years old. 9, 10, 12, right in there. And I'll go back sometimes, and I'll pull up over there, and they've got it all fenced off now. And, but I go back up to the old home place. And I remember pulling up there, and I remember that's where I drove my first away model uh, car. They let me drive. I drove in the ditch about two miles and a half went to sleep, sitting on the pillar. But I remember that plain as day. I remember how the house sat. And I remember down behind the house, I had no hog pen. No Betsy got out about every Sunday morning about time to go to church. That hog was full of the devil. I mean, every Sunday morning, 
we get ready to go to church, that hogs out, and we didn't want the neighbor's garden to get to it. We had to run the hog up and get it up. Just seemed like Sunday mornings when that happened. But I remember things just as plain as that, and that was a dwelling. That's where we lived. That was our home. I loved that place. It was a feeling. I remember we used to walk down to that old creek, and there was a big old, big old uh, rock bluff that came out. And I remember it plenty of day when I was nine years old. And when they built this lake, when I was about, uh, about 23, 24, I, I went over and went fishing in that lake. And I was just in my mind, I could see the hill where we used to walk down, and we'd take a, some cane poles, and we'd get under that old big old rock there where the creek run through, and I'll never get a big old black snake fell off. I just had everything pictured in my mind. How that snake fell off there, and it fell right in a part of the creek, and I just knew the knew the creek and how it laid. And when I got down fishing around there, I I, I could catch fish, and nobody else could, because that's where the bass laid in the summertime. Was on that big old bluff. I said, "Come on, fellas, we'll go over yonder and catch some fish." Well, that's the deep part of the lake. I said, "We'll go over and catch some fish. Put it down about 30 feet, and let's get under that rock, boy. We catch some bass." Hey, laying there just a just a hiding from that old sun. But you see, I remembered that, and a lot of people fished that lake didn't know nothing about that rock. But as a kid, I remember. And I remember how the house sat in rooms and how the rooms were in the house. That was a dwelling place. I remember hearing my mom and daddy pray in there. I remember the rough times we had. I remember the hard times we had. I remember the glorious times we had. But I want to tell you something. In living in the presence of the Lord and in the dwelling place of God Almighty, there's going to be times that you had problems, but you still remember that He was there. He was a home that you lived in. He was the place that you dwelled in. There may be some difficult times come to you and it seems like life is going to be over. Tragedy is fixing to hit your home and things is going to be over. It really doesn't make any difference what God allows, but you know that you're protected under the shadow of the hand of the Almighty God because you're protected under one who cares, one who created, one who loves in every situation. I'm so glad I'm protected under God today. I don't lean to protection from the church of God. I don't lean for protection from spiritual people. I don't lean for protection from people of God. I thank God for people of the Lord I can go to and get counsel. I'm glad I've got spiritual people that can pray with me. But my leniency today is not upon people. It is my leniency is upon God Almighty. For He is great God, Jehovah Jireh. He is provider of every need I have. He is my protection in the midst of every storm. And I lean on Him. I trust Him. And that gives me peace every day that I live. Sometimes I'm tempted. Now let's go back to the joy of the Lord. If you remember in the book of James, I said the, about the diver's temptation, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who goes through those diver's temptations, who's tempted with those temptations, those diver's things that comes against you, those afflictions translated to us. Be happy about these transactions, about these afflictions that come. I like what Charles had to say. Charles was back in the hospital and out today, I hope, Let's remember Charles Stewart, who's had a long bout about uh, leukemia. God's healed him, but he's still having bouts with, with things, physical problems. That's God's business. We don't understand that, but that's God's business. Whatever God's allowed. But Charles said to me, when I went to pray with him the first time, I said, now, Charles, we've got a long time of process of prayers, and we don't want to pray wrong. How do you want to pray? He thought a minute. He said, well, this is what I don't want to do. I do not want to miss anything God's got for me. I like that. I said, man, that's good. Say it again. I don't want to miss anything that God has in store for my life. I said, let's start praying. Oh, God in heaven, we want you to heal this body. By the stripes that were laid upon your back, healing is provided to all those who believe. 
with the Lord, the Lord we serve and the word that we study, we understand this too, that there are going to be diverse temptations that come to us. The joy of the Lord is going to be tempted in our life. The joy that is God in our life when everything seems to be peaceful is going to be attacked in your life. The Lord says, blessed is the man who will accept that, who will accept these afflictions that come upon you. When sickness hits us, we get mad at God. Satan comes to us and says, yeah, if God loved you, you wouldn't be sick. If God loved you, you wouldn't be having an attack on these finances. If God loved you, you wouldn't have an attack with your car. If God loved you, all these attacks... I'm here to tell you, you need to praise the Lord when anything of afflictions comes to you as a believer. This is what will build your faith in God. This is what will build your confidence in God. This is what will build your peace and the resolution of who God is in your life. That when these problems come, and you know, you know beyond any doubt whatsoever that the quietness of heart and mind is based on the knowledge that all is well between you as a servant of God, as a saint of God, and your God, God creator, Je Jehovah Jireh provider. When you understand that everything is well between you and God, let all hell assail, let every storm come, let every problem come, and I'll glory in the cross because I'm saved and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and protection is upon me because I dwell in the, under the shadow of the hand of the Almighty God. When you have that assurance, when you know beyond any doubt whatsoever who you are, praise the Lord in the infirmities. Amen. Brother Ken Hill, we were talking about this yesterday. I don't understand when I pray and everybody's not healed, except for this, that I still have confidence in my prayer. I still have confidence that when I pray, God's going to heal. You see, because God is the one who gives all the faith, all the confidence. And here's where people misunderstand sometimes. God does honor your faith. He honors the faith that you have. And I believe the greater faith you have, the greater needs can be met and greater prayers will be answered. But if God is saying, I've got a reason now, you're going to have to back off. When you're living in the Spirit, you won't pray selfishly and you will not pray to esteem yourself. You will not pray to, to, that your ministry will be focused upon. But you're going to pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit, if the Spirit's trying to get you to hold off, He's going to do something in somebody's life. If you're really walking with God, you'll back off. I started to pray the prayer of faith to heal somebody. And the Holy Spirit would come in and said, don't pray that way. I felt like an idiot. I started praying. Now, God, I know that by your stripes we're healed. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, back off. And then I just go to mumbling. People think you're lost. And you mumble. That's cool. We've got to pray now, Lord. I believe you can do anything. He says, pray that my will be done in their life. You know what people say? That's an escape. Honey, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't want the will of God in your life, you ain't humbled enough to receive him to start with. Because the will of God is simple for you to be a servant, to be led by his spirit, his word. That's it. And I prayed and I said, God, not, not our will. We know what your word says about healing, and I know it's provided for us, and you want to heal. But if I didn't have scripture to lean back on, I wouldn't understand it, so I got scripture to lean back on. For Moses, his sister, her brother, his brother Aaron had mocked his ministry, and God struck his sister with leprosy. God struck, the Bible says that God struck her with leprosy. He placed leprosy upon her because she mocked the Holy Spirit that lived in his life and the ministry that he preached. But Moses had great compassion. And Moses went to God and said, Now, God, I know that they have sinned and done wrong and come against you, but I love them. In other words, he was reminding God, I love them and you know who I am. I've been obedient to you. I've done what you told me to do now, Lord. 
and I love you and my confidence is in you. Now I'm going to ask you to heal my sister even though she's come against the kingdom of God because you love us all the same. And the Lord says, okay, I'll do it. Now the Lord just struck with leprosy, but now he said, I'm going to help. Why? Because there was an element in the middle. There was a man who had confidence. There was a man who had faith. There was a man who had assurance of who he was in God. And he went to the Lord with assurance of knowing that God would honor his prayer and says, now heal her, Lord. I want you to heal her. And God says, okay. Well, now, when God tells you something, can't you just write it down and say, it's okay, everything's all right, God said it, and it's going to be this way. God says, okay, I'm going to do it. Good enough, he's going to heal her. But not right now. Baby that you wanted that first 